0: Welcome to Inside Outcast. My name's T. Elliot Garrick, the alchemist. I'll be your guest today. Welcome. Hey guys, you're here with Thomas the alchemist and uh, my new friend uh, Laz. Uh, You're listening to the Inside Outcast and we're live and direct coming at you, I think. Um, right about now. So, yeah. hey, Laz. How's it going? How
1: you doing? I'm doing okay. Nice. Actually, I'm doing quite swell at the moment. Indeed. Yeah. Nice little pre-sesh. Sesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondering if the people in the restaurant next door can smell what we're smoking. Of course they can, but they're also <laughs> smelling all the
0: epic baked brunch goodness that they got popping over there and the mimosas and Ooh, Bloody Marys and
1: stuff. Oh, my oh, favorite man. daytime drink.
0: Dude, honestly, I, I, uh, I've been, I like tequila lately a little bit. I've been like, as far as liquor goes, I'm kind of on that tip. Cause it's more of like a more stimulating hmm. kind of, uh, liquor and, uh, I'm enjoying
1: a bloody Maria a ah, couple times. times. Okay. It's like bloody Mary with tequila though. Yeah. 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 I do love a bloody Mary. Tequila and I don't get along too well. Is, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. I do like the flavor, but uh, it doesn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. <sighs> yeah, that was a good one.
0: Yeah. I tend to do that. I think I smoke way too much tobacco, and uh, I'm a chronic cougher. Mm. When, I smoke, when I smoke any cannabis, anything, and uh, I'm a low temp dabber too, but I still I die. You know, even solventless. I still cough
1: a lot. Quite a bit. Yeah. I used to smoke a lot more tobacco than I do now. Yeah. Um, I can make it through a week on two packs for sure. Nice. Yeah. You know, that's 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 pretty good. Yeah? I was trying to do the
0: rolly thing for a little bit, and then I switched to... Uh, back to boxes, it's just more convenient, you know, like I'm out working on the farm all the time and I wanna like take the time to roll, which is probably better that I do because the intention behind it and everything is like more, yeah. and it makes me think about it a lot more.
1: I I rolled my cigarettes for many years um, Mm -hmm. until I was working in a kitchen all by myself and I only had like a short amount of time to take a cigarette break. And so I didn't wanna waste that time having to roll so I just switched back to American Spirits. Yeah, I love the spirits. And, and rolling tobacco got way more expensive, too. It was uh, when, when they passed a new tax a few years back. And yes. all of a sudden, rolling tobacco doubled in price. I definitely remember
0: that. Uh, we used to, you used to be able to get the bags of Bugler for like $2
1: a pack. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> I was Bally shag ballashag yeah. red. Oh nice. I even I had a friend here in town in Portland that uh that was a manager at a tobacco store and I would mm-hmm. go get the cans on discount. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> 2 for 20 bucks. So man, uh, I think that that uh I want you to interview me
0: again, maybe ask me some questions. All right. If that that's okay cool. with you. Yeah, that's last. okay with me. Okay, cool.
1: I think that's why we're here.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the intention. Yeah absolutely pick brains <laughs> so uh are you uh oregon native yeah i was born and raised in eugene um and uh yeah and i lived i'm a, I'm a west coast
1: kid basically through and through i yeah born you and see, raised in eugene you were and living in california at some time too
0: yeah and i also lived up in bellingham washington
1: oh uh, bellingham. for about six
0: six years uh it was a very interesting time for me i was pretty strung out the whole time Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and uh yeah it was a very interesting journey from eugene back to oregon it's kind of like full circle like the the from sell the seed kind of journey you know um i grew up in oregon born and raised in eugene uh started getting in trouble um like in my early teens like just rebelling and went and I just got in trouble a lot, man, and uh, made a bunch of poor choices and like was basically locked up from the time I was 15 uh, to 25, you Hmm. know, off and on almost the entirety of it, you know, and in bondage in some way for sure, you know, Uh, and a lot of drugs, a lot of jail, a lot of incarceration, but also at that time, a lot of like learning and understanding and, knowledge, you know, that I gained, but, that's good. um, I, uh, so like very early as a teenager, I was like removed from Eugene. I was like incarcerated in these pseudo worlds, like all over the state of Oregon, yeah. you know, uh, for extended periods of time. Like first time it was 14 months, you know, then I was out for two months and then the next time I went back for another 10 months, you know? Um, and then I was out for two months and then I was back for a year. You know, and then um, I was out for six months and then I went to real prison. And then when I went to real prison in Oregon, I uh, when I paroled from that, I paroled to Washington State up in Bellingham uh, with my my dad and my grandparents. And uh, I was an adult. I was like my early 20s, like 22 or something. And uh, so I lived in Bellingham. And then that's really when like my drug career really started and like getting strung out on heroin and like all the crazy shit that came along with that. And, and it's I did pretty that. easy to do in Bellingham. Yeah. There's not much else to do, but drugs and there's a lot of yeah. drugs. Um, yeah. and, uh, so then that turned into, um, <laughs> I found AA and like this job telemarketing. And then I had like a, a relapse and uh, my boss was like what about going to california mm. so he sent me to this treatment center down in california and uh, i mean shout out to wood glenn recovery junction because that place is amazing and the people that run it are awesome um, i went down there and continued to work for the same company that i was working for in uh bellingham telemarketing and I was completely sober for like two years and I did the AA cult mentality thing and for certain people it's great. It works. Um, It definitely gave me a lot of things that I needed. Yeah. Um, But it's just not my path anymore, you know? Uh, But that uh, like led me on a path of like growth and uh, helping others and things like that. And then I came back to Oregon in 2015 um was growing I was like the warehouse shop bitch basically and uh (laughs) I lived in the warehouse the genetics research and we had a lot of fucking plants and a lot of shit going on and um I mean at the time it seemed like a lot to me it was amazing (laughs) and I was blessed with the opportunity to learn everything that I did and and uh, uh it was a very very deep profound learning experience for me because um I had another like relapse and mm. I thought that I was done. Well, like at, at this point, I'd been smoking cannabis and all these things, and uh, like smoking weed and drinking occasionally, and um, totally fine. And then I went through some like life shit uh, with my boss and all these crazy outside stressors, and I started getting high again. And then, but on a on speed, which was like something that I mm-hmm. never was like super into because I was medicated my whole childhood, you know, for ADHD, and so. Um, like it never really was my thing and then it became my thing and it was like really strange because I immediately started doing way too much and going into like these crazy psychosis and like at the same time hiding it from my brother and our boss and like everybody and nobody kind of really knew what was going on. They just thought I was kind of losing my shit, you know, and then I finally told them what was going on and, um. You know the reaction that i got like i was looking for some assistance and like some help and the reaction that i got i felt at the time was like really not the reaction that i i kind of needed there i felt i felt like there was no understanding um you know what i mean and i I felt like i was just completely ostracized from everything that i knew was good and that i needed to stick with yeah um i was told that i can't be a part of it and uh so i went back to California like depressed like I'm gotta be a telemarketer for the rest of my life and I have to do AA and I have to be the 40 year old guy that that's got like 15 years sober and sitting in the meeting like like yeah this is my life all I do is AA eat breathe sleep AA and I'm doing this for the rest of my life and if I don't I'm miserable you know it's like that's not what I want my life to be no and so I went back to California completely disheveled and dejected that that's what my life was going to be like um, and then in a couple months kind of pulled my head out of that and decided I was going to do cannabis like, and, um, be like an ambassador and a voice with it. And so I started doing like brand ambassador stuff with, uh, down there with companies and things like that and trying to promote like this sweaty face image and brand that I had this idea of cause I was sweaty and, yeah. you know, <laughs> I drank Coors Light all the time and I was like, you know, I thought I was cool and, uh, yeah. but, you know, And, uh, so then, and like after that interaction with the, my last like forte into like hard drugs and stuff, I, uh, like I didn't talk to my brother for like almost two years. Wow. Like it was like every time we communicated, he just brought up like these three things that like I didn't, I just like, uh, this bike, um, that, uh, you know like I was, uh, entrusted with and was borrowing and, uh, I lost that was our friends. And so, uh, he would bring that up and then like this GoPro that was basically given to me. And then, um, when I got fired, told that he wanted it back. Mm. And then like, I didn't have it anymore, you know? Mm. And so that was another issue and, uh, it wasn't my brothers. And then, um, you know, there was just a couple things and he was like, dude, you got to make this shit right. And like every time I talked to him. And so because of that, it was like, I understand I had to make those things, right. But I was also trying to make me right. You yeah. know what I mean? And so it wasn't like my priority to take care of those things. And so it was very interesting for me during the last two years because I didn't really talk to my brother that much other, like by choice. Cause I didn't want to like, you didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it because that's all he would mention. He was like, yeah, yeah. I love you, but you got to do these things, man. He's like, I want you to be able to meet my new fiance. I want you to be able to do these things, but can't until this situation changes. And then, um, another turn of events, him and, um, our old boss had a, had a separation as well. And so, um, that kind of changed. and uh, there was a lot of understanding and growth, I believe. And, and, uh, on my brother's end during that process mm-hmm. and over the year after that um, and that led him to um, you know kind of reach out to me you know when they started the hemp thing and he's like dude I, I kind of need your help and I think that uh-huh. you might be the perfect person to come up here and help me and uh, it was very interesting it was like on my birthday this this wow. year and I was like I was in California and I was just completely miserable at my job and I'm like <laughs> oh man I'm like, okay, I'll come visit for a week, and that's what it was supposed to be, and I turned that week into like a month and a half of me being there, or a few weeks, and <laughs> and was working, and then then like the that's plan Oregon. was to come back to California, and then like in a month come back and move uh, up to Oregon. So I moved back, and I've been here since, and I got my own spot like three miles from the farm, and right on. Um, but yeah, I'm born and raised in Oregon. To answer your question,
1: <laughs> hey. <laughs> yes Uh, i i love oregon i i wasn't born here but uh the first place i ever called home was portland nice and uh i've uh i had both of my kids here in in oregon my first here in portland and then my son down in eugene cool and uh how old are your kids uh seven and nine awesome man that's awesome yeah i have no children of my own Oh, they're they're amazing creatures, yeah. <laughs> for sure, I'm definitely
0: excited for the opportunity in the future to to make some offspring. Yeah, we'll see what happens, you know.
1: You never know. Yeah, you never know. No. Yeah, they uh, they're having to live down in California now, so that's kind of a bummer. Mm. But uh, but I get them back in Oregon occasionally, and they uh, get to see their their god family lives just outside of Portland here. Wow, that's so cool It's And it's a huge, huge family It's like grandparents Oh man uh, Aunt and uncle Yeah More uncles and lots of cousins And so yeah, they love going out there It's like a homestead with goats and Perfect Rabbits Yeah, kind of that shit. that's perfect so Farming, you know, I love farming
0: Yeah, I, I do too I, I found that I do It's kind of the perfect environment for me You know Yeah uh, my mind gets to, to race and wander and I get to tackle all kinds of different projects all the time. You know, that's like, I like figuring it out and yeah. doing things efficiently and making things look nice.
1: And so I'm out. Yeah. I love farming. Yeah. <laughs> I love absolutely. It. And, and what you're farming with, you get to, you get to do so many different things with it. Yeah. You know, you get to, you get to be out there working with your hands as well Definitely. as you, you know, talking about extracts and stuff. Mm-hmm there's so many
0: different different ways of of, yeah it's just it's just great all the way around and then like uh one of the coolest things that that i've a blessing that i didn't realize i would be able to have uh on the farm is the opportunity to like really like actually work with my brothers again and and work with emily and also like uh getting to know, like we have a few young people that come and they're working on the farm uh, from time to time and they're like fresh high school graduates or going into college and like, (laughs) and they're like friends, uh, children and Mm -hmm. things like that. And it's, it's interesting because like, I get to talk to these people and I get to develop these relationships. And then like, I get to see their growth and their change in their life. And like, um, I get to see how uh my my energy and our energy like impacts them and the plants energy you know and like being outside it's it's i mean it's one thing to be in an indoor grow that's like even like 100 lighter or something like that you know and you're around all this ganja and Mm -hmm. it's all artificial lighting and all this shit but it's it's a huge difference to be in a field of like 2700 plants that are like giant
1: taller than you are growing yeah. out of the ground not in yeah. beds you know what i yeah. mean like all just well and it just it's it's interesting how you you know your take on it and and the relationship that you get to have with your uh with your employees and, mm-hmm. and stuff uh it's so much different than than when we were younger and starting yeah. off in the scene you know like mm-hmm. it was it was black market gritty yeah you know, imagine greasy, greasy stuff going on and and, yeah. and you're working your your ass off for mm-hmm. god knows how many days straight with barely any sleep yep. you know shotgunning <laughs> it
0: in the tent and shit. yeah it.
1: exactly <laughs> you know yeah, and, and i i think it's really really awesome that uh that people are that are running good operations mm-hmm. now are, are Actually, being good role models yeah. for for the younger crowd—it's really cool. I
0: think that that's like a, a huge opportunity um, that we have, especially with uh, the the farm bill and the legalization of hemp. Mm-hmm. You know, um, specifically because it gives people an opportunity to be educated about the plant. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. And so um, when people come out to the farm or even like on a farm tour, like prospective buyers or things like that, we can kind of like in our own way, like impress the importance and all the knowledge and the energy that this can bring. And um, like, that's another interesting thing uh, with the buyers too, is that um, the energy that's created on the farm and, and our product, like like everybody that comes there is like, whoa, dude, this is like special. What you have here is special. And um, you know, our retort is like the plant special. And so if all the intention, if the intention. The intention. You know, all that intention there. Chutney. So I'm getting my my Southern Oregon backwoods draw going, <laughs> you know. So if all that intentionary, if it's all there, um, you know, and all those elements come into play and you're working with that plant, like, um I don't know. I keep going back to that, but what I was trying to talk about is the education thing. You yeah. know, is like the opportunity is there to really shine not only just the plant, but like about like my passion for the like say no to distillate shit yeah, you know because absolutely. then i can educate like especially like the youth you know mm-hmm. and then like i also have uh, mm. other strange opportunities uh, to uh <laughs> to like like music for example and like our modern music and like the rap that's on like, there's watching the videos and, like, the little this and the little that people and all this shit. And, like, mm-hmm. the drug culture and the promotion of liquid heroin. Like, yeah. Oh and, uh, like, I get a, like, a lot of the kids, they don't even realize what is actually in the lean. You know what I mean? And so even if they were going to go try to go uh, get some. And they're just, I want some lean and they might not even know that yeah. that shit is codeine. It's liquid fucking heroin, Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Pharmaceutical grade. It's morphine basically. And, yeah. And uh, so I get to educate on those kind of points too that I'm really passionate about. Like, dude, you realize like, just by listening to this and saying like, Oh, this sounds cool. Like you're promoting heroin. Yeah. Like, and that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, I, I dig Nirvana and Kurt Cobain. You know what I mean. But I don't. You know, like I don't. I don't know. It's yeah, different. Well, yeah, you know? it,
1: it's it. I remember my last. uh He wasn't singing about shooting heroin, yeah. like actively. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, well, he,
0: yeah, not le- directly. Not directly
1: in, in poetry. Not like they're
0: doing in in like yeah. Uh, well, no, like well, so top forty so, rap culture. And exactly. Shit, you
1: know? it, I was the last time I worked on a on a farm in NorCal. um mm-hmm was when I got exposed to uh to Rich Gang. Yeah. You know, and all those guys. Oh yeah. And and they all come from crack. Dude, there's so And many. they rap hard about crack and they mm-hmm. rap hard about yeah. being gangsters. And it's, it's like insane, dude. You know? Yeah. And 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 like every day at 730 they would put this this track on, seven thirty, from the Rich Gang mm-hmm. tour EP or whatever. Yeah. And and uh, and then they would go into the rest of the album. So I'm listening to this every single day, and I'm like, yeah. this is what these kids are listening well, to. Well, they're now. listening
0: to this shit about getting stacks and getting fucking. And the crazy part is, is it's even gone to another level because with legalization and like Prop sixty four and and the way that the curve of cannabis is going. I'm not saying this is a as a, like a negative thing towards legalizing cannabis at all, but what it is allowed for is rappers to now flex like they're moving all these packs of fucking ganja and they're being sponsored by ganja companies but they're partying on lean and coke and talking about all the coke and the lean that they're doing but they're talking about all the money that they're getting from fucking the weed you know what i mean so it's like it's like a, it's a weird shift it's like uh like when legalization started happening the black market uh kind of like Crew that had a bunch of money in their pockets that would go to the bars, the stoner crew, like mm-hmm. the happy hippies, like yeah. that were out and about, turned in like they're kind of gone because they're those that pockets was, aren't swollen and they're doing other things to get their money. <laughs> and now what's happening is you have a totally different element, an undercurrent, a black market going uh, into our our bar cultures and things like that. It's going back to cocaine and fucking pills. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, you know, I think that we owe it to gaia right and spirit to uh to bring a renaissance back to hallucinogenics and psychedelics and make that the new black market again you know what i mean because that's on the next curve of legalization i'm with you on that and i'm totally
1: into that yeah (laughs) so i I am as well it's it's so much healthier for body and mind absolutely you know so and and there's so many more benefits, just like with marijuana, than that we're finding out from yeah. from a lot of natural hallucinogens and stuff. Hundred you know. percent, dude. There's a lot of there's a lot of interesting
0: things, and that's probably uh, a topic for another discussion. Yeah, uh, I, I've been doing quite a bit of research myself. Um, I wanted to ask you though, because when we met, uh, you mentioned that you had lived in California for like. Uh, the last six months or something in NorCal uh, and
1: no, it or? was it was in uh central California okay in, in the valley and in, in the, the foothills wow so were you there after the fire uh the der- campfire I was there stuff. during it and were you in that area no I was I was below that but okay. I had some friends that were in that and they yeah. they lost a lot okay. they lost so their you, home like grass they lost their, their, their shop and everything um I was uh below Fresno they lost their home and their shop. Yeah, he uh, he rebuilt uh, cars, and he had a mechanic shop, Dang. and he rebuilt classic cars and worked on modern cars, and they, lo- they lost all the cars, burned. Yeah. So my, uh,
0: the, you mentioned the cars. He had classic cars. Have you seen that? There was this artist that did, during all the forest fires, not this last year, the year before, he went around and he collected molten, like cars that melted, mm. and he took... Like, because they melt and they lay on the ground, like yeah. pools of water. Yeah, and he would take those pieces and he made art pieces out of all the. I melted. haven't seen that yet. That's and so I was wondering though. if, like your your buddies that lost their spot were able to salvage if they if they allowed them to go back and salvage because there's some like it makes amazing. It's like it looks like mercury. Yeah, like it's oh, like I can it imagine. looks like it. Fl- it's flow. It's like lava. Yeah, it's so awesome looking, and I I don't know. I just wondered if you'd ever seen I'll, that I'll, or, I'll have to inquire yes I can't we'll look him up a little later yeah yeah um, so South of Fresno yeah I, I'm very familiar with California cuz I done telemarketing for the last seven years for a contracting company and so we marketed like all of California um, recently branched to Arizona mm. uh, but yeah so I'm familiar with most most areas um, so yeah, Central California, yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah, fun place. <laughs> There's a lot of nothing out there. There's a lot of nothing. Yeah, I didn't get to play pinball for half a year. Oh, shitty, dude. I hate Southern California with a passion. Yeah, I'm not a, i I'm not a big fan, but I'm I more don't like of a the fan mode of, of yeah. I don't like the people that wake up and they I'm all so they do is back. work. There, there <laughs> are know? girls here in Oregon that don't have blonde hair. It's <laughs> oh, yes. Well, welcome back. like everywhere I was looking was blonde yeah. hair, blonde hair, blonde hair. Welcome back, Nothing against man. blondes. It Nothing. Should, it was yeah. just a sea of blonde. Yeah. Now I have some diversity in hair color. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think that... That's all the
0: time that we have for questions today, Raz. Right, right. um, well, it's been it was, it was again, great getting it's to been know been, you. It's, it's been a pleasure getting to know you too, and uh, thanks for letting me talk at you and ans- asking me some good questions. Yeah, man. thank you, appreciate you, and uh, that's that's what we got. All right, see you next time. Yep. I'd like to thank you guys for joining us today on the Inside Outcast. been a pleasure sharing with you. If you want to hear more, make sure you click that subscribe button on your favorite podcast provider. Podcast provider. (coughs) You can find me on social media. The podcast is at Inside Outcasts on Instagram. Also, Inside Outcasts on YouTube, as well as my personal Instagram, The Alchemist, like the bird.
1: You better follow Wild House Farms, too. I love you.